Hi everyone. Wow, I can't believe we're on our fifth podcast. The last few months have flown by and I don't know about you, but I think this year has been my most productive to date. Nothing beats the feeling of smashing down goals, keeping consistent progress and seeing the results of your hard work. We're so close to the launch of our new website and subscription platform on the 1st of June and we can't wait to start serving you with more content, more classes and more access to mindset and fitness coaching and helping more people on their journey to an even better version of themselves. The effects of COVID have been very tough for some people and I know a few of my clients have found life almost too difficult to bear but as we move towards summer I encourage you to look at what you have overcome celebrate your successes, set new goals and remember that every setback is an opportunity to learn, to adapt, get back up, dust off and come out fighting. Now, I found this quote stuck in my head this month so I thought I'd share it with you all. Good timber does not grow with ease. The stronger the wind, the stronger the trees. That's by John Willard Marriott, who was the founder of the Marriott Corporation, the parent company of the world's largest hotel chains. So with that said, let's move on to the theme of today's podcast, our fourth key to thrive, which is functional fitness. First of all, let me define what functional fitness actually is. Now, the American American College of Sports Medicine describes it as Functional exercise focusing on activities requiring multidirectional movements and the simultaneous coordination of a variety of muscle groups that may prevent some injuries and provide a stronger base of conditioning for undertaking various life and recreational activities. Now that targets components of the specific athlete, it targets the neuromuscular system, it trains movements which is muscle groups and the nervous system and it includes challenges to improve multiple components of fitness which covers dynamic and static balance, coordination, strength, endurance, proprioception, agility, speed and power. Now, I think that is a pretty good explanation of functional fitness. And quite simply, we want to do movements that we can directly apply to -to day-to-day activities and or a specific sport or a hobby. So from picking up your child whilst carrying shopping, dodging people as you run for the bus, or entering your first martial arts competition, functional fitness will improve the coordination and body's ability to move and perform better. Sounds pretty good, right? So, let's look at some of the aspects discussed by the American College of Sports Medicine. Now, agility is the first, and the Oxford Dictionary describes agility as the ability to move and think quickly. Now, this can be gained by doing plyometric training, or plyo training for short. Plyometrics comes from the Greek word plethion, to augment or increase and it is sometimes called jump training and is comprised of quick explosive movements that increase your speed and power. Now, plyo work will also encourage quick reactions rather than the slower, safer movements such as traditional weightlifting. So we look to perform multiple exercises that focus on training our bodies and brains to activate more muscle fibres more quickly and to increase the efficiency and speed of our muscle contractions. It strengthens type 2 fast twitch fibres in the muscles, as discussed in the previous strength training podcast. If you're not sure about that, go back and have a listen. 
The next aspect is proprioception. And it's a big word, but really it just refers to the body's ability to perceive its position in space. So for example, proprioception enables a person to close their eyes and to touch their nose with their index finger. Now, as you will know, and some most likely experience from time to time, drinking too much alcohol has a detrimental impact on your proprioception. On a Saturday night, you can see plenty of people having problems with that. So to improve this ability, we need to practice challenging tasks. This may be in the form of something like sport or like something like yoga and tai chi. And using compound strength training exercises that we've already discussed in the previous podcast also really helps increase our prior perception as we move weights around the body and we utilize multiple joint movements. Now, when combined with plyometrics, it can have a very positive effect, giving quick improvements. Another aspect discussed by the American College of Sports Medicine is coordination. Now, many people will tell me that they have no coordination. And although coordination can indeed come more naturally to some people than others, it's also true that with practice, you can increase your coordination with the right training. So a great example of this is learning to drive a car. Now, this is an overwhelming experience for everyone to start with. Operating the pedals, gear stick, the steering wheel, and having different controls and buttons to press, whilst also navigating, checking mirrors and blind spots, having spatial awareness of the size of your vehicle, and listening to the instructor's commands. Now, when you think about that list of requirement, it makes most things seem pretty simple. Yet most of us have gone through that learning process and now have to be told not to add extra tasks like talking on the phone or, God forbid, texting. So to increase our coordination, we need to do those movements the correct way until we get it right and it starts to pass from our conscious brain, thinking about what we're doing, into our unconscious brain, the automatic responses. Now, here's a good little game that you can do if you're not listening to this whilst driving or operating the dangerous machinery. So let's have a go. Are you ready? So just like you would do if you were feeling a bit cold, I want you to cross your arms in front of your chest. Done it? Right, now uncross them, and this time cross them again with the opposite arm on top. How was that for you? Now, if you're like me, I had to stop and think about that for a second. And then on the second one, it probably took a lot more thought for you guys too. Now, this is exactly what I'm talking about. If you now practice that movement, that movement that feels uncomfortable around 300 to 500 times in a row, you'll find that it becomes natural and you'll not really need to think about it anymore. And this is because research has shown it takes people at least three to 500 times to learn a new technique. Now, that's not necessarily master it, but to make it feel more natural and move, to the move it to the unconscious part of our brain. You also have to keep on top of that to keep practicing. Otherwise, obviously, that will start to feel unnatural again. Now, slightly off topic, but interestingly, it takes between about 5,000 to 10,000 repetitions to correct a bad habit. Now, this is why it's so important to make sure your technique is right from the beginning. 
It will save you lots of time later if you've you've adopted bad techniques that then require changing. So my partner sees this issue all the time in her classes. She'll see people come into a class from another instructor or new beginners and she'll tell people to keep their weights light and focus on technique to start with. Now on occasion, they don't listen to her advice and they think they know better or maybe they feel like they have to impress people by adding extra weight to the bar. They then have bad technique, especially as they get more and more tired. They then ingrain that bad habit through multiple repetitions and then over multiple classes. And what happens is they plateau with their weights because their bad technique will not let them lift any heavier without discomfort or even worse, end up with the injuries that prevent them from being able to exercise properly. So next time you feel the pressure to add more weight, ask yourself, is my technique correct? Look in the mirror if you have it, look down, check what you're doing and ask the question, should I make sure I reinforce the good habits first before blindly adding weight or speed without getting the fundamental right? So make sure if you have an instructor outside of Fit to Thrive that they understand and they practice this themselves. Many instructors are too focused on making you work hard because you'll feel great, but they should be more focused on working smart as well. If they do not give you this guidance, then think again about taking them too seriously because an instructor that doesn't understand that bigger picture beyond sweating and feeling good is not considering the impact it will have on your long-term health, especially in the fact you won't then have fun if you can't go back to that class because of the injury. Anyway, sorry for the tangent. But I felt it was important to stress this as Louise and myself see this issue a lot at the moment. And we want to make sure you can be outstanding every day, week, every month and every year. After all, it's about the compounding, the small things over time that gives us the big results we want. So taking time out for injury is definitely not going to help. So like I said, coordination is something that comes with practice. Start off easy build the tempo and intensity over time to ensure you have a good technique and you'll look and feel very coordinated in no time. Now, if we think about all the aspects we've just discussed about functional fitness and we include them within our weekly workout plan, we're sure to feel its positive effect in pretty much everything we do. After all, it's about movement. Now, if you're a Platinum member with us, this is something we've already considered for you. So our timetable ensures we have classes that cover functional fitness, as well as other sort of the other four keys to thrive, because we want to ensure you have complete fitness with all the facets that are required. And our classes that include functional fitness are total body, boxer size, hit cardio, and strength and conditioning. So all these classes will give you the functional fitness to apply to your sports, hobbies, and your life in general. So this makes keeping up with the kids, the grandkids, or having a boogie on a Friday night a whole lot more fun. Now, a quick word of caution about functional fitness. If you're new to it, then you must take it steady and not push too hard from the start. Due to the nature of the multiple movements, the plyometric explosive type of work can have more strain on the body. So make sure that you're smart and you focus on the technique, you take the modifications given if required in the classes, and you'll soon be owning the class like a boss. We always warm you up to get your body ready for this more strenuous activity, but when you do anything anywhere else, ensure you're warmed up and are ready to go. If you feel your technique is getting worse because of the fatigue, then you should slow down. Decrease the intensity to make sure you do not get injured. 
There is more risk of tendon and ligament injury with plyometric exercises. These have these sort of um, fascial tissue have very low blood supply, and because of this, it can take much longer to recover. So where a muscle or bone injury can take 6 to 12 weeks, a ligament or tendon injury can take over a year. Now believe me, I know about this after taking a big fall whilst running one of my favourite routes, the Yorkshire Three Peaks, which is a 26 mile fell run. And I pretty much damaged every tendon and ligament around my ankle. I didn't break one bone and the doctor told me... I would have wished I had, as it would have repaired much faster. But it took me about 18 months to get back to running without any discomfort in that ankle. Now, that's a really extreme example, but I encourage you to be smart. It's a safe activity and it's loads of fun if you make sure you build up slowly and build your confidence. Now, talking about fun, there is one other huge advantage to functional fitness, and that is that makes it really appealing to people. And that is that it's, it's really fun. If you lift weights or you run, sometimes it's hard to not focus on the repetitions or sometimes the discomfort you might be feeling at the time. Now, of course, to make improvements in fitness, we have to experience the right type of discomfort as this is how our body knows to adapt. But the beauty of functional fitness is it takes that focus and includes multiple movements and can feel much more like play. Now, that distraction can mean you don't just focus on the fact it's exercise, but you'll actually enjoy the game or the mental stimulation and the exercise part is almost the side effect of the fun activity you're doing. So sports and games are a great example of this. Kids, for example, will bounce around all day because they turn moving into a game. They're playful. They challenge themselves. As adults, we can learn a lot from kids in this way. They'll jump on a bike in their school uniform without thinking anything of it, but an adult will have to get all the right gear on and ensure they have their gym water bottle all topped up and their phone, etc. But by the time they're ready to actually go to the gym, they could have possibly even completed a workout. So I guess what I'm trying to say is functional fitness should be playful. It should engage you mentally because you're focused on improving at the challenges in the class. And if you have this mentality, you can find functional fitness everywhere around you. Now, look at the sport of parkour. I don't know if you've come across that. It's called free running. This is like the epitome of functional fitness and seeing the world around us as a giant playground. Now, I'm not saying you should start leaping over railings or backflipping off walls, but Absorbing a little of that mentality in classes or outside of the class in your everyday life will only help keep you moving, getting fitter and keeping you happier. I use martial arts for extra functional fitness myself outside of the gym each week by practicing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Wing Chun Kung Fu and boxing. And I get loads of complex movements and mental challenges in those classes that keep my nervous system adapting. So functional fitness is something that should be included in your fitness plan, no doubt. And if you've not done this type of activity before, I hope it has motivated you to give it a go. Because if you do, you'll feel great for it. And if you do it right, then it's basically for everyone. If you train in a safe way, then anyone can really take part in some level of functional fitness. Now, if you're unsure, you can obviously consult a fitness professional or you can consult a doctor if you're concerned. And you can also use our group to ask about functional fitness and, and the things you may be concerned about. But if we're smart about it, then this is something that can be for everyone. So I hope it gives you some motivation to get involved. I hope the podcast has been useful at giving you more insight into it. And I look forward to guiding you through our final and fifth key to five recovery in the next podcast. 
So see you next time and stay healthy. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.